0: Turn to the letter of James, beginning in verse, chapter 1, beginning in verse 19. If you're there, would you all stand as we receive the word? Here's the word of God. In verse 19, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of men does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like but the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty and uh, perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not brittle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this: to visit orphans. And widows in their affliction. And to keep oneself unstained from the world. Amen. God, this is your word. As your people, we desire your word. We seek your truth. So will you give us the heart that desires your word? Would you implant the seed of your word so that it will germinate, it will grow, and it will mature and bear fruits all for your glory. We pray for your spirit to guide your servant and be with your people. Help us to understand your word. And not just know it, not just hear it, but Lord, cherish it, keep it, and do them all for your sake. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. great weather we have i think we're going to have very pleasant weather and uh um the low tonight is actually going to be around 65 it's under 70 for sure tonight so it's a pleasant evening as well uh tomorrow morning also will be so i i think uh you know some of you teachers uh before the grind begins just look at the bright side. Nobody gets two and a half months off. All right. So it, it it seems like you are going back to work and I understand I live with one, so I know the grind. But um uh, you know, just enjoy your evening, uh take a little stroll in your neighborhood, um, and just uh um uh, be ready, uh prayerfully, uh, for the semester, upcoming semester. Now, last Sunday, we had looked at the text from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And in it, we had learned that we are the fragrance of Christ. We are. That's what we are. Uh, In Christ, we are the fragrance of Christ. We are Christ's fragrance as we proclaim, as we spread the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ as we spread the knowledge of his death, his barrier, and his resurrection. That is what it means for us to be the fragrance of Christ. But also, we are his fragrance as we, ourselves, and our lives, in and through us, as we give of the scent of Christ. As we give off this sweet, wonderful aroma of Jesus Christ through our lives. His grace and mercy, His kindness, His forgiveness, His humility, His obedience, His love for the Father, and His love for us. We give that scent off as we live our lives among people around us. That is who we are. We are the fragrance of our lives, and our lives must be about our Lord Jesus Christ. The fragrance of your life, my life, is not, what, Calvin Klein, Chanel number 5, I don't know, ladies, that's all I know. The fragrance of your life is not something that you can smell, it's not Calvin Klein fragrance of your life as a person in Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ amen that's the fragrance when people go near you they receive this scent this smell of Jesus Christ these persona of Jesus that is uh, uh just personified demonstrated through your life now in lot of looking into our identity in Jesus Christ I want us to uh, take a look at James this morning, particularly James chapter 1. Now, in this letter, James, all throughout, not just in chapter 1, but all throughout the letter, he's going to deal with validity of person's faith. Hot topic. Validity of person's faith. If a person's faith is genuine or not. James deals with that all throughout the chapter. He is interested in testing one's faith. He's the uh, Lord's brother. He is uh, a prominent leader next to Peter in Jerusalem church. And he here is writing letters to Christians as well as non-Christians. But in his letter, he is interested in examining, testing one's faith. If a person's faith is Truly genuine or not, if person's faith, whether uh, is an empty profession or just a mere habit or mere sentiment that was built upon not on firm conviction or a foundation of the truth that we see in the Bible, so in the first chapter, James will talk about three tests that believers can take we can take that. Those tests and find out for ourselves whether or not we are genuine believers in Christ. The first test in chapter 1 verses 2 to 12, read through it when you get a chance. It's about how we respond to trials in life. That's the first test. How you deal with uh, storms of your life. Right Thursday night, that storm was no joke. It knocked off our maple tree. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it survives. It looks okay so far. It's been three days. When you meet storms of your life, something that you did not plan for, something that put your world upside down, as a Christian, how do you deal with that? How do you respond to that? tells and proves and shows a lot about who you are in Christ. The second test. Verses 13 through 18, James says it's all about our response to temptations in life. What you do when you are being tempted. When the enemy uh, whispers in your ears. When the enemy brings this shining object in front of you and entice you. What do you do? Do you give in to your innermost deepest desire? Or do you fight it off? And as you do so, James says, what you do in the face of temptation tells you who you truly are in Christ. The final test in chapter 1 is what we have this morning. And it's about how you and I respond to the truth that is revealed in the Bible. How you and I respond respond and react, what do we do with God's word will tell you and I who we truly are in Christ. Validity of faith. James is speaking about in this section, the last section of chapter one, about the obedience, our obedience to the word of God. James wants all believers to recognize that God's word demands obedience to all those who claim the blessing of the new birth in Jesus Christ. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are born again in Jesus Christ, if your sins are washed away, now you are a child of God. James says, and he will tell you, then listen to the word. Very simple. Listen to the word and do what the word says. If that's who you are, do what it says. The first area he's going to talk about it. The first area James is addressing in our obedience to the word, the the matter in hand is actually our uh, uh speech and anger. In verses 19 through 21 in the obedience to the word, the very first thing that he tackles is our speech and is our anger. Here I believe James is simply sharing about Jewish wisdom teaching, the wise teachings about speech, about anger. And you find that in the wisdom literature such as Proverbs, all throughout in the Bible as well too. And it repeatedly says in the Proverbs that it is wise for us to listen much and talk less. Biggest flaw of the passage. I don't get to do that. I don't do that. I wish I'd do this. Right? But it's a wise thing. Jewish people believe and teach their children and this is what you need to do. You need to listen more and talk less. Proverbs 10.19, it says, When words are many, transgression, sin, is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips, whoever restrains his tongue, is prudent, is wise. Proverbs 13.3, whoever guards his mouth, preserves his life, he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Keep your mouth shut and you will live. Proverbs 1728, even a fool who keeps silent is considered what? Considered wise. You are a fool, but if you don't open your mouth and you don't speak, you look like a wise person. When he closes lips, he is deemed intelligent. I know a guy. He sits there without a word. But once he starts going, girls would just walk away. But when he keeps his mouth shut, some reason, man, he, he, he's the party. He's the party. Everybody gravitates toward him. But we just tell him, good friend. Stop. Now, what's the lesson here? It's the wisdom literature. And though it's, what it's repeated here in other places, it, it is wise for you to listen more and talk less. Be quick here in in, in James 1:19 it says quick to hear but slow to speak be ready to hear give your ears to the other person and keep your mouth shut but on top of that on top of that he adds another thing to this another dimension to this wisdom teaching wise thing to do he says be slow to anger be slow to anger. Don't just listen more. Don't just talk less. But you need to be slow to anger. In other words, you need to control your temper. Now, why is this wise? Why, what, what does it have to do with the obedience to the to the word of God? Why is it not enough for you to just talk less and listen more? Why do we need to control our temperament? Well, it's because when you think about it, it's, it it will be obvious. The quick tempered person is very much likely to speak without careful consideration. Right? If you're, you don't really know how to uh, control your temperament in that moment, what do you do? You just fire away. And this is not a wise thing to do. It is not an obedient thing to do to the word of God. Because uncontrolled anger leads to uncontrolled speech. Church, how often do you and I say stuff in the heat of moment? In that heat of anger, there are things that we say. And how often do you find yourself regretting those words that you spoke in that heat of moment? Filled with anger, frustration. I mean, I'll speak for myself too many times. Too many times. It's easy, very easy for us to let our lips loose, tongue just go and start firing away these words, whatever comes to your mind, whatever words that, that you could just be able to, uh, I don't know, just, I don't know, what's the word? Just according to your anger and you cannot control it, contain it. So you just fire it away. And as you do, it hurts people around you. Right? As you do, it actually hurts yourself. It hurts your reputation. And if you have conscience and you, if you have Christ in you, Spirit living in you, it hurts you. It, it bothers you. Most importantly, what happens? You hurt the Lord's reputation. We are the fragrance of Christ. We are the bearer of His holy, righteous name. What have we done? We ruined His good name. Therefore, James wants all of us to know, Christians to know this. If we learn to control our emotion, particularly our uh, anger, then what happens? Then we will learn to eliminate one of the most common sources of hasty and unwise speech. What we will do, we will be able to put away these filthy, wicked languages, words out of our lives and be able to produce the righteousness of God in our speech, in our language. uh, You see, psychologists and sociologists all together, they claim that emotion cannot be controlled. Your emotions cannot be fully controlled. It could be suppressed. It could be uh, sometimes ignored by you. But the Bible uh, does not believe that emotion is something that just Cannot be controlled. This is something that you can. Uh, James and biblical writers believe. That emotions can be tamed. Controlled. Not just merely ignore or suppress. Because God's grace. By the working of the Holy Spirit. By the implanted word in our hearts. What happens to us? We mature. We grow. We're being transformed. Therefore, the emotion is not controlling our lives, our words and actions, but we keep that emotion in line, under control, in check, so that we stop, we honor, we glorify God. And we do that by the word as we obey the word that is given to us. And we do so by the help of the spirit who lives in us. But all in all, what James wants us, wants us to know, and he is warning us in this passage, is that human anger does not please God, and it leads to all kinds of sin. Therefore, our first step to obey God's word is what? Is to listen as much as you can. Listen as much as you can. Talk as little as you can. And slow. Be very slow to be- become angry. Now, the second half of the passage we have, James is speaking about doing. He's going to solely focus on our action. Listening as much as you can, talking as little as you can, and becoming slow to anger are These are the great place for us to start in obedience to the word of God. For all the Christians, for us to be true to our calling. But look at verse 22. James says, be doers of the word. Be doers. Not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers. Hearing the word, yes, is necessary. Hearing the word is very important. Hearing reminds you, helps you remember. It's very important. Here in James, he is not having any problem with the hearing portion, listening aspect of Christianity. But he has problem with merely listening. James insists that listening to God's word must lead to doing God's word. Make sense? If you listen, it must lead to doing. Only then, you and I are truly accepting the word. When you hear the word, and when you keep them and do them, the word became part of your heart. So, he says, do not merely listen. Do not only be hearers of words. So what is merely listening? How do you merely listen? Listening, but not doing what you heard. Honey, take the trash out. You heard it. You heard it. Guys, clean your room. You heard it. But you, Heard it, but there is no follow, following action. You merely listen. This is the best known verse of this verse. I mean, of this letter, to be honest. Verse 22. Be doers of the word. Do what it said. Don't just listen. Don't just merely listen to the word, but do what it said. Now, this is something that, that yeah, James is known for this verse. This letter is known for doing what we heard. Doing, uh, living according to our faiths. But he's not the only one. He didn't make this up. When you look at Luke chapter 11, verse 28, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are those who hear the word, not only hear the word, and keep it. Look at it. What Jesus is saying is very straightforward. By the amazing grace of God, sinful, wretched people like you and I are reclaimed by God, saved by God as his own children. But Jesus also here emphasized the need for people to respond with a radical obedience to His will. Rich young men came to the Lord. What must I do to receive eternal life, to eternal salvation? Go sell your wealth and follow me. Radical obedience. Walk away from this and follow me. This is what we need to do, to be blessed by God according to the Lord himself. Most certainly, we needed the gracious initiative of God. Last week, as well as the week before that, we were reminded by Ephesians 2 that but God, we're dead, wretched corpse, smelling, rotting. But God took that gracious initiative to come down and rescue us, save us. But we also must be, uh, we got to have that thankful, uh, obedient response to that initiative. When you look at the gospel, when you look at the salvation, ninety-nine point nine 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 percent is all done by God himself. But that that response, that human response from us, that obedient, grateful response because of what He has done as we walk on this path and we turn around and we forsake the old life that we live and we run to the cross. That is our response. That is our willing choice. That is the necessary, both are necessary aspects of the gospel. Paul also says it in Romans 2.13. Romans 2.13 says, For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified, who will be, in other words, saved. People who merely listen to the word. According to James. These people are on dangerous ground. What they're doing. James says. Is deceiving themselves. If you listen. But you don't do them. By doing so. You're deceiving yourself. What does that mean? To be deceived. Is like being blinded to the reality. Of one's true status. In this case. If you are deceiving yourself in your walk with God, you hear things in the church. You hear things over online or the radio. You hear these things. Yet you do not do them by doing so. You are deceiving yourself. You are being blinded to the true reality of your status with God himself. So people can think that they are right with God. People can think that I'll be okay with God when the time comes. People can think that I will go through the door and my name will be in the book of life. People can think that and deceive themselves, James is saying. And this is warning. Because when they are not, it will be too late. This is a warning from James for those who merely hear the word and not doing that. And I could be one of those people who are being deceived. You could be the one who are being deceiving your own self because you hear the word. The fact that you attend the church regularly because you attend house church regularly. Because you regularly read the Bible. Because you hear these Christian talk and sermons online. Because you do them and you hear them. You hear them. You feel you're right. But hearing these things won't make you right with God unless you do what you heard. Because we're not the hearers of the word. We are Doers of the word. Amen. We're the doers of the word. And here's the truth. Church. You and I can deceive ourselves. I don't know. Put a spell on ourselves. We are the doers. In fact we are not. We are the doers. You can can deceive yourself. You can deceive. People around you, your loved ones and brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, he and she is the doers of the word. You can even deceive your house church leaders. You can even deceive your elders. You can deceive your pastor. But the fact of the matter is you can deceive God. God sees through you. He knows whether you are hearer or doers of the word. Then who are these people? These merely listening. Just the listeners of the word. These are the people who listen to the word, but does not do what it says. They're described in verse 23 and 24. It's absurd. It's funny, actually. Look at it. James describes a man. And this is a man who looks at his self himself in a mirror and he looks at himself intently, carefully, for quite some time. He studies his faith in a mirror and immediately he forgets. He goes away at once, forgets what he was like, what he saw, what was on his face, he forgets. Tragic and committing at the same time. You look at yourself on a mirror. You saw your reflection off the word and you turn and immediately forget. When I was in San Antonio for about a couple months, um, I worked with psychiatric department of San Antonio State Hospital because they needed an interpreter. Uh, they had two uh Korean-speaking mental patients. Two ladies. So I went twice a month um, to help them to better diagnose uh, their patients. And this one lady, I go and work with her. And it's just unfortunate because she has... Exact symptom that James just described in here. I will tell her who she is, what's her name, how she got here, what, you know, what kind of family, his, her husband and how many children, what she did for a living and where she is, why she is, who I am, what they're doing, doctors and nurses. And then I tell you in about two to three minutes, She forgets everything I said. And I start over. I introduce myself. I tell her who she is. Her name, her age, and why she is there. This is what some of us, some of Christians, are going through. You and I immediately forget who we are. It's like I, we forget our face after looking ourselves for quite some time in a mirror. Forgetting who you are in Christ. Forgetting our calling. Forgetting how God claimed you, saved you, who you were before the cross, who you are now. You forget that. You forget what you need to do each and every day. How you need to live your life. You forget your identity. You forget your calling, purpose. You even forget the worth that you have in Jesus Christ. You forget that immediately as you turn away. You hear the word. You read the word. You study the word. You even meditate on it. But if you forget right away, if you don't remember them right away, if you don't keep them in your heart, if you never struggle to do what it says, then you have a symptom that James described in here. In verse 23 and 24. 51st date. Know that movie? Adam Sandler. Old movie. Love them. Love the location of the movie. Adam Sandler opposite to Drew Barrymore. Barrymore gets into an accident. Her memory wipes off every day. Brand new morning. Like every day, next morning she wakes up and start new, right? That's her condition. And in that hospital, the funniest scene, in my opinion, is when they meet this figure. They call him Ten Second Tom. You can imagine what that guy is about, what he's going through. Ten Second Tom. Hi, I'm Tom. Oh, I'm Jason. I'm Eugene. I'm Paul. Right? In ten seconds, it looks at him. Like, oh, I'm Tom. And then, it was like, oh, oh, I'm Jason. It repeats about three times in there. Ten Second Tom. And I thought to myself as I was reading this. There must be a 10-second Tom in churches, among Christians. 10-second Christians. After service, today after service, after hearing this very message, as soon as you get off of your church, you can become a 10-second Tom. As soon as you step out of this building, you could be a 10-second Tom and had no desire to do what it says. And you could deceive and put a spell over you and say, I'm I'm good with God. And you will forget to do what the word says. James says this in verse 25. After warning, in verse 25, a person who continues to do what it says and not forgetting what he has heard, he said, This person, will be blessed in whatever he does, in his doing. If you do what this book tells you to do, if you do what you heard from this book, God promises here that you will be blessed in all things that you do. You will be prosperous and successful in all your doing. Sound familiar? Joshua one eight. Meditate the word day and night and do not veer from one left to right. And if you continue on it, what happens to your route? You will be successful and prosperous in all your doing. Folks, this is not a prosperity gospel. I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher. I, I get allergic reaction. But here's the thing. I tell you, if you do this, you will be blessed. You want to be blessed? Take on this. Believe in this. This is the promise God. Hear my words God says and do what it says then I promise you will be blessed. You will be successful and prosperous in all your doing. Beyond measure. Here's the promise. If you're not a 10 second Tom this is the promise. If you... Do not struggle and just give in and forget to do what you know. By the way, knowing in the Bible is not just a knowledge. If Bible says he knows God, that means he received it, heard the news, heard the information, truth, and he believed the truth about God and he acted on it. That's knowing. Then you know. Until you hear it, Believe it and do it. You don't know this. Now verse 26, 27. He concludes here this passage by giving us three practical ways. How we could obey the word. He repeats itself Himself in verse 26. Control the tongue. Control your tongue. Control your anger. Control the words you speak. It's that important. Therefore, he reemphasizes it. Keep a tight rein in your tongue. The second thing, be concerned for the helpless and the weak of your community. Look after orphans and widows in their distress. This is how God takes care of you. Looking after you, you should do the same for these people who are helpless and needy. The final thing, avoid worldliness. Keep yourself from being polluted by the world. You see, it's inevitable that we encounter people outside of faith or even inside of faith. As you interact with these people, people have different values. They all come and believe and stand on different values. But we stand on the kingdom value. You seek the kingdom first. You put God first. You put His glory first. You put His name first. And with that mindset, you decide and you live your life. That's the kingdom value. And as you live that life in the world you live in, that keeps you being from being polluted by worldliness. Because you have the anchor and foundation how to live your life. How to avoid worthiness. Because all this is saying. Validity of, validity of faith. James believes here. That the true religion. Must show up in a lifestyle. Of obedience to God. Do what it says. Do what you heard. This is who we are. We, we're doers of the word. Not merely. Hearers. It. Church. I hope and pray this morning. That you are the doers of it. That you would do. What you heard before. What you know to be true. Do them. Because if you do them. God promise me. You will be blessed. Blessed are those. Not just hear the law. Hear my words. But do them. Keep them. Remain in them And you'll be blessed Amen Let's not be A ten second tongue In our walk with that Be the person that you are In Jesus Christ And live that life Let's do that. Amen Let's pray Lord God we thank you for Another um, this Opportunity to worship you. Father, I pray all these years that we know of God, of you, from the word, from the teachings and lessons, the retreats and revivals, countless Sunday sermons that we have received, many books that we read, many litters that we come by, the abs and daily reminders through technology that we have. We hear them. We listen to them. We see them. Sometimes we understand them as well, and we are inspired by them. And we will repost and put it on our social status. We would even share them and 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 be reminded. But when the time comes, Lord, do we do? Them? Do we live by them, like our lives depend on it? Or do we deceive ourselves by just that sheer information that we've been gathering in ourselves over the years would be enough for us? And that's fine by God. After all, it's by grace, not by works. But if you are, saved, if you are indeed grateful for what Christ has done to an undeserving person, Said, what do you do? Keep that. You remain in that. You live out the, God, the word that God has planted in our hearts. We live by the kingdom value. We live by the word, the gospel. Because we're new, the old has gone. James certainly understands grace. He understands salvation by faith. He is not contradicting Bible. But he is merely emphasizing the aspect of our sanctification, the life that we choose to honor God and His Son, Jesus, through all that we do. Lord, will you help us to control Lips and our tongue, that we will give our ears to the person. We'll talk less, and we'll be slow and slow and slow to anger. Help us. That our anger, our frustration, our temperament will not get in the way of obedient, obeying Your word. we will demonstrate the holiness and righteousness of God in our spirit. Oh God, we pray that we will be the doers. That people will recognize who we are not by the labels that we wear or claims that we share of our faith but by seeing who we are. They will receive the sweet aroma, the scent of our Lord Jesus Christ that will identify us quickly in the community in the neighborhood, in our home where we are doers of the world not just merely listening and forgetting Father would you bless your people encourage them to As they get up from their seats and walk out of this door. Will you remind all of us. The word that we receive. And do them. Lord it comes with a promise. That you will bless us. For those who receive the word. And keep it in our hearts and do them. We believe in your promise will take on this challenge. Help us, God. And may the Spirit help us to be the doers of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. And I pray that as we go from this place and all, Lord God, help us each and every day and every given moment to be the blessing, to be that sweet aroma, to be that representation of our Lord who is the Word himself. Father, we thank you so much. We pray all this in Jesus name. Amen.